Hello, and welcome to the fifth episode of Strange Fairy Tales. Today's fairy tale will be Jack the Giant Toodle Killer. Once upon a time, in a distant faraway place, there lived a boy named Jack. He was a mischievous little boy, always getting into trouble. Like the time he put a rotten orange on his baseball coach's chair, the coach saw it and grabbed it and hurled it right into Jack's face. And the time he put the $100 bill on the end of the piece of fishing line to try and trick the neighbor's kid into grabbing it, but at the last moment he jerked it away, you know. Well, <laughs> unfortunately for Jack, the neighbor's kid was the number one video game player in the whole world, and his reflexes were superb. Poor Jack lost $100 that day. Yes, Jack had a wonderful mind for practical jokes, but he couldn't ever pull them on anybody. One day, Jack was listening to the fifth episode of a certain podcast, and he heard the narrator talking about him, and he thought, I'd better pay attention to this. So he was listening when the narrator started talking about giant toodles. <clears throat> the giant toodle is an alien, native to Mars. It looks exactly like a human, except for the green leaf-looking things permanently attached to its body. Hey, wait a minute. Hmm. Okay, anyway, the giant toodles are also famous for the best ice cream sandwiches in the universe. They've been said to abduct cows from Sacrifice Plateau and genetically modify them so their milk is extremely sweet. When they take a cow, however, they leave behind some means of transportation and some sort of ticket to come to Mars to try one of their ice cream sandwiches for free in thanks for the cow. Jack sat and thought for a while. He realized that according to the scriptwriter of Strange Fairy Tales, he couldn't pull any pranks on anybody. But giant toodles were not actually people. They were an alien species, for crying out loud. So he made up his mind to head for Mars. Luckily for him, he'd been saving up his allowance for a very long time, and even without the $100 that he had just lost to the neighbor's kid, he had more than enough money to buy a cow. So he went to the farmer's market, which just happened to be open that day, and bought the finest cow he could find. He led it up to Sacrifice Plateau and tied one of its horns to a tree that was conveniently standing there. Then, since it was late in the night, he went home and fell asleep. The next morning, he got up and hurried to Sacrifice Plateau. When he got there, he found that the cow was gone, but all that was left in its place were two beans. Or at least they looked like two beans, but Jack was expecting some sort of alien saucer and wasn't exactly sure that they were what they looked like. He thought, two beans or not two beans, that is the question. When he got closer, he realized that the second bean was not at all a bean, but rather a slice of fig. Yes, the second bean was just a figment of his imagination. Funny, I thought it was just a fragment of a fig. Well, that too, Fred. Wait a minute, where'd you come from? Oh, the ex-general and I were out exploring, you know, to try and find out where we are, that sort of thing. We came across these strange life forms. Did you talk to them? No, we didn't. They look just like me, with green leaves and all. And I know I can be very hostile sometimes. No kidding. Wait a minute, you said that they look just like you? Yes, why? Then we're on Mars. Those were the giant toodles. But they look just like me. Shouldn't they all be fairy godmothers? No, they're giant toodles. Just ask the scriptwriter. What? We're on Mars, right? I think so. What do you mean you think so? I'm not sure if we are or not. My memory's not very good, you know. I do know that the whole office blasted in outer space next to the extreme deluxe absolutely most advanced clap center thingy in the universe. Well, I am sorry. I've told you that loads of times. Yes, thank you, Fred, for your apology. I've told you that loads of times. 
Anyway, I do believe that A, we are on Mars, and B, we are living close to a colony of giant toodles, which are aliens native to Mars, that C, I think Fred is related to. See, come over here to the computer. If we go here and look up giant toodles, there's a picture. See? Oh dear! Yes, that's what we saw. They look exactly like me. And here is an article on them. They live on Mars, see? Uh, uh, excuse me for asking, but how are we getting internet up here? It's in a footnote, see? For some reason, Strange Fairy Tales gets internet access on Mars. Yeah. Okay. Well, enough of that. So Jack picked up the bean and the fig, the fragment of a fig! Yeah, that, and he started to put them both in his pocket. But before it got there, the bean fell to the ground, buried itself in a bout of intense wiggling, and before Jack's very eyes, there sprouted an enormous beanstalk, reaching up higher than he could see. He climbed, and he climbed, higher and higher, until he realized he couldn't breathe. He descended, and he descended, lower and lower, and went to the sporting goods store and bought several tanks of air and a respirator, and went back to the beanstalk. He strapped the tanks of air to his back, put on the respirator, which of course he had attached to the air tanks, and he climbed and he climbed, higher and 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 higher. After an hour of climbing, he found that he was approaching a red planet. Excuse me, I'm going out now. Is that all right? Yeah, sure. I'll come with you. There's a footnote in the script that says the recording software will be able to pick up anything I say wherever I am. And I want to see the giant toodles, so... Suit yourself, dear. So, Jack was approaching Mars. He finally came to the end of the beanstalk, just as the last of his air ran out. But fortunately, he found he could breathe. He hopped off the beanstalk and was amused to see an entire office building standing right next to him. He walked into it, and right inside the entryway, he found a giant set of speakers with a voice booming out of it that seemed to be talking about him. He walked on, as the voice said he walked on. In the next room, he found a gravel box and a pair of shoes, along with several drums for creating explosions, a block of wood for knocking on doors, and an electronic synthesizer for everything else. He wouldn't have known what it was all for if it hadn't been for the voice from the first room. Anyway, in the next room, he found a desk with a lot of paper and pencils, and one particular piece of paper bearing the title, Episode 6. And in the final room, he found a ton of computer equipment, and a small little box in the corner, surrounded by donuts and a coffee machine. If he had been an ordinary juvenile delinquent, he would have been extremely excited by all the expensive equipment right for stealing. But he was just here to finally pull a trick on someone, or, excuse me, something. He spotted a joy buzzer laying on a counter, and went over to pick it up and put it on his hand. Fred, what are you doing with the joy buzzer? Darn it, scriptwriter! That was supposed to be a surprise! Sorry, it was a necessary prop. Okay, whatever. Anyway, he walked towards the group of strange people that looked like they were wearing green leaves that he had spotted in the distance. Whoa, I'm behind. Uh, let me catch up. What happened after he put the joy buzzer on was he jumped out the window and landed and spotted a group of strange people that looked like they were wearing green leaves, and then he walked towards them. <sighs> As he passed a particular point on his path, he went straight by a group of four people standing in the shadows without noticing them at all. Well, he thought he heard someone say shadows, but he just dismissed the thought. He continued on his way. The giant toodles were dancing around in a circle, singing, Me now shorty, me now shorty. 
Jack had absolutely no idea what that meant. Speaking of which, we don't either. Fred, can you possibly translate that for us? Yes, dear, I can try. They seem to be saying, You put your right foot in, you take your right foot out, you put your right foot in, and shake it all about. Hmm, must be some sort of ritual. Uh, no, Fred, I think they're doing the hokey pokey. Oh, yes, of course. Jack approached the giant toodles, and one of them, wearing a gigantic headdress, stepped from the circle, just as the other giant toodles began to spin around in a circle and wave their hands in the air. The head giant toodle said to Jack, Donator of cow, you be? And Jack nodded. Where be fig? Jack reached in his pocket and pulled out the fig and thought, What a good boy am I. I donate these nice aliens a cow, and now they're going to reward me with one of the best ice cream sandwiches in the universe. He decided that he was not going to try and pull any pranks on the giant toodles anymore. After all, he decided, wasn't it much better to have an ice cream sandwich than to cause people humiliation by pulling pranks on them? He handed the fig to the head giant toodle, who pulled an ice cream sandwich out of nowhere. Jack reached for the ice cream, so eager to truly become a good boy, that he forgot about the joy buzzer in his hand. When it touched the ice cream sandwich, it wiggled and jiggled so ferociously that the ice cream and the sandwich flew off in bits to land in various locations around the surrounding countryside, including mm, right in my mouth. I've got to say, those are delicious. Anyway, Jack snapped. That was the last straw. He grunted an inarticulate grunt and swooped down and grabbed the nearest Martian rock he could find with a sharp point. Brandishing it like a knife, he advanced upon the head giant hoodle. Oh, no. Fred, you've got to help the giant hoodles. Oh, I'm not so sure. I'm really rather comfortable here. But Fred, he insulted you. He said that giant hoodles aren't people. Only because it was in the script. Oh, and I've been doing some research, and he's one of Glinda's. Oh, really? Well, I'll be off then. I just made that up, but hey, whatever works. Stop! This instant! Oh? Yes, you Jack the Giant Hoodle Killer! You leave those poor Giant Hoodles alone, and go right back where you came from! Fine, then I guess we'll have to do this the hard way. Ow, that hurt. You should be more respectful of your elders. You know, we really gotta be more careful with the script. We're coming up with morals left and right. I mean, in the fourth episode, you get to love people the way they are and not try to change them. And now in this episode, we learned that pranks aren't good because then you might go on some psychotic homicidal rampage. 
And for those of you who are wondering, the reason why we don't want morals is because then people are going to start expecting things from us. They're going to be like, oh, your last episode didn't have a moral. I'm disappointed in you. I'm never going to listen to your podcast again. And we don't want that. So, scriptwriter, you need to be more careful next time, okay? Uh, sorry, that's not going to happen. What? What? You're just going to... Ahem. So, Fred won the battle, and the head giant Toodle invited us for dinner, after we sent Jack back home with a note to his parents, telling them to put him through intense counseling. And the head giant Toodle said, Clap we shall, for you, O mighty Fred. And so, you may now clap.